Welcome to the Ross Road Connect podcast. Our podcast aims to connect you to what's going on at Ross Road Community Church, to connect you to the people at Ross Road, and ultimately, to connect you to God himself. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Ross Road Connect podcast, episode number 43. My name is Craig Thiessen, and I'm here with my co-host, Holly McLean. Welcome, Holly. Thanks, Craig. It's great to be here. You, no one could see you put your hand under your chin like that. I don't know what that <laughs> means <know>. either. <laughs> it was just like a, hello, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> you are here. Um, yeah. So uh, today we're talking, the, the topic of our podcast today is something I'm very excited about. And I want to ask you a few questions about it before we get to our guests. Okay. Um, we're talking preaching. Yeah. And we're talking preaching a few days after you preached at church and did phenomenal, did a great job. Thank you. Yeah. I got lots of positive comments from that sermon. So way to go. Um, I want to know what preaching influences that you have looked to or do look to. Oh, well, you know, now that you've just uh, built up my ego, yeah. I can uh, build up your ego. I, I do really look up to you as a preacher. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah. I was fishing for that. I was hoping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but it's true. And I think even in the last year, how you've shifted from like kind of your manuscript to like the note uh, or point form. I think it's, yeah, it's really, it's really cool. I and mean, you have a good way of like, I don't know. You talk a lot about sports, but, uh, you know, (laughs) real though, I think you have a good way of like making everything personal. Um, yeah, I think you do a great job at engaging everyone. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of others. Hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like people from like Bible school and beyond Mm -hmm. that. Um, I think, I don't know, even what you were saying too, like, I can't think of specific people, but I think when you can tell somebody really understands their message versus just like preaching it, I really mm-hmm. admire that. Um, yeah, we're kind of talking about, yeah, understanding your, your sermon more than just memorizing it. Mm-hmm. So I think wh- whoever the person, I think if you can really tell, like they've sat and like kind of dwelled with this message for a long time and they're really passionate about it themselves. I admire that a lot in a message. Um yeah, I don't know others about, or I don't know more specific people, but I admire those qualities in a preacher, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. I, um, because I grew up here, some of the names that I think of were the people that I listened to growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, you know, I can, rem- I can remember as a really young kid, someone you probably wouldn't remember, um, John Nickel. Was I, I know the pastor. name, yeah. yeah. And, um, uh, uh, Herb Newfelt, of course, was here for a little uh, a time. Uh, I remember people like Graham Kent preaching. Yeah. Um, uh, James Penner is probably the, I, I probably would put James oh, Penner yeah. at the top of the list. Like, yeah, he the guy, was good. yeah, guy who inspired me in preaching. And I think God put preaching on my heart as a, as a kid and as a teen already. Uh, I think I've said this before, but I can remember times at night I'd be doing my scripture reading in my bedroom and I'd find myself preaching to my bedroom furniture like it's just like this is oh. the word of the Lord like yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh watching those people preach had kind of even I don't know that I really even recognized it but had the thought in my mind like what would it be like to preach on the stage like that stage right there looking down yeah. on it from the balcony and um so that's that's uh it's just neat how God brings all those things together. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll talk a lot about preaching with Kent Anderson today, Dr. Kent Anderson, uh, who is my homiletics professor, uh, homiletics is preaching at uh, Acts Seminary. Um, what's your process when you sit down to preach? Holly, how do you, how do you put it together? Yeah, well, okay, it's different for if I'm putting together like a sermon for when I'm preaching in front of the church and when I'm preaching it to the youth. Um, for the youth, I try to make it a lot more conversational. Um, well, I, yeah, okay. I would actually know the way I would say it is the way I go about giving the messages are very different, but the preparation process is usually pretty similar. Uh, it's first of all, like finding the passage obviously, and then just like sitting with the passage for a while and just like re 
reading it um, quite a bit and then going over the context, obviously. And then uh, usually I try to, I like to make the outline first. So I make all my big like points and like the theme and then just flesh those out as much as possible from there. And then try to, yeah, really understand what it is I'm preaching on and reading it uh, definitely a lot of times before. Um, so yeah, the process before is quite similar, but yeah, the way I execute it uh, is very different for youth. It's yeah, I ask the kids a lot of questions usually when I'm preaching at youth and I like mm -hmm. to hear uh, their responses. So that's, that's always really fun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I usually make my outline when I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't do that. I'm such like a structure person that I need to know the outline of how I'm doing everything before yeah. I start like fleshing out points. Yeah. 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 It actually, uh, <laughs> It drives Courtney crazy because uh, she inserts the moments into the yeah. sermon like uh, we do online. And, and I usually come up with them afterwards Yeah, <laughs> or often come up with them afterwards. And then they're never quite worded in the exact way that I say them. And she's of like, course. why did you say that? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I probably didn't say that. But uh, yeah. yeah, so yeah, nice. Uh, I should have at the beginning of this uh, teased a very exciting new uh, introduction to the podcast this this time. We are having our very first listener contest in this podcast, and it's going to come after the interview with, uh, with Kent Anderson, uh, but stay tuned for after so uh, we, can, we can play this game and invite you in. We need a sponsor for this section. I feel like I should be introducing a sponsor of the <laughs> That's of true, the yeah. So, Maybe, maybe what incarnation would like to sponsor yeah, that's right. <laughs> this particular segment of the podcast, shameless okay. promotion for your flower yeah. right there. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. One incarnation yeah. officially does sponsor this, uh, game in this podcast, like monetarily <laughs> or just like in, in spirit. Um, you know, it will go within spirit for now. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause there is a prize and, yeah. uh, it's, it's a $10 gift card and we didn't even talk about where we're going to make this gift card to, <laughs> to uh, what incarnation? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. $10 of flowers. You can buy yeah. one flower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to get that. you nowhere. <laughs> yeah. So, mm. but we'll introduce that later on, but for now, let's get into this interview. Uh, Dr. Kent Anderson is, uh, well, I should say was, the president of Northwest Baptist Theological Seminary. That's where I got to know him as a student at Acts. And uh, he taught me two classes, courses in preaching, as well as uh, uh, having some personal um, conversations with him. And uh, now, as he'll explain, he is the president of Providence University College and Theological Seminary in Manitoba. And he'll introduce a little bit more of himself as we get into it. So let's hear this conversation with Dr. Kent Anderson. Well, Kent Anderson, welcome to the podcast. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm thrilled to talk with you and uh, to share your expertise on preaching and other church-related matters. And I'm um, excited to share that with our listeners today. So first of all, let's just have you introduce yourself. Uh, tell us a bit about who you are, your journey of faith, the ministry you've been involved in. Tell us about your family and those sorts of things. Well, probably my... Uh... My greatest claim to fame was uh, I once taught Craig Teeson and I <laughs> a high honor. That's the that's the top line on the resume, is it? Yeah, <laughs> in the seminary class, uh, or actually a few classes a yeah. number of years ago. Yeah, and uh, really enjoyed working with you, Craig. And uh, that was some time ago now, of course. Yeah. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah no. mutual. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I started uh, my life. A long time ago, I don't know. <laughs> but no, I I, um, I was uh, grown up in Maple Ridge, BC, and uh, part of Maple Ridge Baptist Church there for uh, my uh, early years. I went on and studied at Northwest Baptist College, um, probably forty-five years ago or something like that when we when we started out. Um, through that time, wasn't sure where it was all going to go, but uh, I ended up with some incredible opportunities very early to uh, get involved in ministry leadership. And in fact, I ended up uh, through a strange set of circumstances uh, uh, pastoring a church that was in serious need in the city of Calgary uh, when I was about twenty-one years of age. 
And that was kind of crazy, but I learned a lot about ministry and life and uh, the people were very gracious to me. And that kind of set me on a journey. So I, I was involved in, in uh, pastoral leadership for about 11 years, uh, spent some of that in Richmond, BC, a little bit in Calgary, some uh, about six years up in Prince Rupert, BC, up on the North Coast. So uh, mostly West Coast stuff. Uh, and along the way, felt a, a, a sense that take something that uh, maybe I had had been affirmed for and to see how far I could go with it and what God might want to do through it. So I, I pursued um, a master's level education at ACTS and uh, Northwest Seminary. I went on from there to do a PhD down in uh, Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, focused particularly in the area of, of preaching and communications, and homiletics, that sort of thing, and, and theology to some degree. Uh, Long story short, came back and ended up on faculty at Northwest and at ACTS as part of the Trinity Western environment. That's where I met you, Craig. And uh, I was there for 20, 26 years, um, mm. which is crazy. I started just uh, doing some staff roles, uh, became faculty member, uh, eventually became Dean of Northwest and then uh, for a little more than 10 years served as president of Northwest. And um, thought I would just stay there forever, thought I would retire there, uh, but the Lord has a way of uh, changing things up and shifting you around. And, uh, and lo and behold, I find myself here in Manitoba uh, as serving as president of Providence University College and Theological Seminary. Uh, probably some of your people will know Providence. Mm -hmm. Our alumni are everywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just been a wonderful experience. I've been a part of it here now since June 1st. And so it's still pretty fresh, but I just see opportunity everywhere I go and, uh, and just really excited about it. Um, my wife, Karen, is, is working with me here at Prov. And um, we've got three adult children uh, who all live in British Columbia with their spouses and children our grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just a really rich time in, of life for us after, um, you know, a long journey uh, to this place, but really, really seeing uh, the fruit of, of uh, what God has led us to do and be over these years. And it's just a, a really wonderful period of time for us. Mm -hmm. Well, congratulations on the new position. Uh, that's Thank really you. exciting. And uh, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, what connections we have uh, to Providence within our church, but I know there's some connection to Northwest and uh, from Baptist circles. I think, you know, Art Birch, our good friend and former lead pastor and uh, Barry and Giselle Jackson have roots in Northwest as well. You, you might know them. Well, I'm uh, counting on Barry for my retirement. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yes. he's my, and uh, Art is an old, old friend. Uh, not that he's old, but, We've just been uh, journeying together for many, many years and just have yes. a great appreciation for him. Yeah, yeah, we do too. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, tell us uh, what specifically it was that drew you to preaching. Well, uh, I mean, it was part of the job early on. <laughs> like, like there I was, uh, you know, at that uh, church in Calgary and, and expected to stand up and say something meaningful three times a week. Uh, you know, I, but it, I, I found that people responded pretty well to me in, in that regard. I, and uh, I think it's pretty normal for a person when you're getting affirmation and when people are responding well to something you do, whatever that is, you might want to do more of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and eventually you might want to understand what it is that you're doing. <laughs> and yeah. So uh, I, I kept pursuing it. And uh, eventually, like I say, I just felt like there was a, a bigger opportunity for me if I could take my education as far as possible and really, really give myself the biggest opportunity to have the largest impact I could for the sake of God's kingdom. And so as I looked at my life and recognized the, uh, the response that I was getting from preaching, I thought that's something worth pursuing. So that was sort of a pragmatic approach, but, but just then, you know, understanding what it means to 
to help people hear the voice of God on, on a regular basis, you know, to, to open the Bible and, and to uh, try to replicate the experience that, that I am first privileged to have as, as a listener to the voice of God by his spirit through his word, and then to lead other people through that same journey. Um, it's, it's pretty significant and important, I think. And uh, sometimes we downplay it or, or, you know, because we get, uh, accustomed to it, I guess you might say, if we've been a part of church for a long time, and we don't always recognize what's happening in us as we hear the word week after week after week. Yeah, but uh, I, the more I think about it and understand what God has promised to do uh, through as this word is proclaimed, I just have a hard time imagining anything more consequential for mm. for the health of the church. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what a joy when you find your sweet spot in that. And that's something I, I appreciated about your, your teaching. I remember the first class, uh, homiletics, um, 101 or whatever it was called, um, <laughs> where, um, where we looked at first Timothy four together and Paul's instruction to Timothy to, to preach the word, like don't neglect your gift. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, your, your passion for preaching came through right from the very first time that, that I heard you talk about it. Um, which uh, is just exciting, um, and you you pass that on to me. Awesome. So yeah, so um, you're pretty good at it yourself, as I recall. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, thanks. I uh, it, it's something that gives me joy as well, and um, you can tell. yeah, it's it's uh, it's a special responsibility. Yeah. Is um, was there any preachers that influenced you, Kent, as you got into preaching, or preachers that shape your style or or shaped your style? I mean, I get that question a lot, and I always find it hard to answer because the ones that probably were most influential were are the ones that aren't well known. Mm. You know, like like the the people I grew up hearing, yeah. the, the people um, you know I've submitted to over the years, and uh, to to hear hear their preaching and uh, on a regular basis and they might not have you know a million people listening to their podcasts but they've been uh you know people that have helped shape me but if if we're looking for um you know famous folks like like i've kind of picked up a little bit from a lot of people (laughs) you know Um, early on as i was uh, pursuing this uh, whole thing formally uh, Calvin Miller was was a preacher that I, I really appreciated for his uh, uh, sort of his integration of uh, an artistic flair, you know, mm-hmm. with with the more expository aspect of preaching and his his interest in narrative and all that sort of thing without compromising the more uh, the, the more technical sides of things. He was a a well known preacher out of uh, Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska, for a long time, many many years, and then he ended up teaching down at Southwestern when I was there. Um, recently, I mean, I, I kind of enjoy, really enjoy some of the African-American preachers, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, one of my favorites is Robert Smith who's down in Alabama. Uh, he wrote a book called Doctrine That Dances. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even that title just kind of reflects the uh, kind of my, my approach to the whole task. It's, it's more than just information. You know, it's, it's, it's sure there is truth, there is doctrine, there's content, but it ought to dance, you know, it ought to live, it ought to, you ought to be able to sing it, you know, and not just speak it, you know. Yeah, oh, I like that, yeah. Uh, when you think about the role of preaching in the local church, um, why is it important? Like, I, I think there's, there's, and you can tell me if this movement has gotten louder or quieter over time, but I sense that maybe it gets louder as time goes on, that, that, preaching maybe should be less prominent uh, within the church or, or people say, what, what's the point of, of a sermon? Um, how, how would you respond? Why, why is this important for us to be doing? Well, to, to tell you the truth, Craig, I, I think those voices were a little louder 15 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I was hearing that a lot. Uh, right about the time I started teaching this stuff, which was kind of mm. awkward. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think there was a, a lot of voices coming out saying that um, you know, maybe we don't need to put so much emphasis on preaching. Maybe the real work is done in small groups. Maybe mm. the real work is done through mentoring one-on-one. And of course, all those things are really valuable and really, really powerful. But there's something 
unique about uh, the opportunity to just gather everybody, you know, uh, every week and, and just come together with the intent to listen for the voice of God through his word mm-hmm. mediated by the preacher. I, I, I just, I think we often undersell the impact, the formative impact of that on a week by week by week basis. When I, when I've, uh, whenever I've seen, you know, detailed analysis on this, or just even looked on at my own uh, journey, I, I just have to acknowledge that there's an undeniable effect that comes almost, you know, like week by week, brick by brick, you know, like message by message, you know, mm-hmm. eventually eventually something really formidable is built and, and achieved in people's lives. I mean, that's sort of a practical answer. But then, you know, you look at what, what God says about preaching itself. And of course, you know, I mean, there are different expressions in the Bible and all that sort of thing. But um, the word needs to be proclaimed. It, it just needs to be spoken. And by the way, as you might recall, I, I define preaching pretty broadly. I think you can preach in a small group setting. I, I think you can preach at Tim Hortons over a cup of coffee. Um, but, but I did that yesterday, about? actually. Yeah, you probably did. <laughs> and, and what does that mean, though? Like, like I, I, I think we hear that word preach and we immediately you know, kind of react against, you know, and often because it sounds like an overly confident form of, of expression. Yeah. But really, I think, I think preaching is really anytime we open the Bible and, and try to encourage others to hear what it's saying, you know, with, with some kind of persuasive intent, you know, like, like, like we might actually believe that God is speaking through this thing. And so let's open it up and try and help each other hear what's being said. I mean, that's preaching that can happen in lots of different places done by lots of different people. You don't have to be getting a, a paycheck from the church to be a preacher, you know, in, in, in that sense. You, um, but, you know, having said all of that, I do still think there's something really unique about what happens week after week on a Sunday morning. And, and I think even COVID has kind of shown us some of that, you know, this last year or so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I use, sometimes use a metaphor and maybe you gave me this metaphor and I've stolen it from you. And if so, I give full credit back to you. But, um, you know, if I was to ask you what you ate for dinner last Tuesday, you probably don't remember. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that, that meal nourished you and exactly. gave you the energy that you needed. And, you know, over time, the pre- preaching does the same thing, right? Like you might not remember 40 weeks ago what the sermon was, but over time, we develop our theological vocabulary and understanding and, and how we walk that out, that understanding comes in part through, through preaching. It nourishes us. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. I, I love that metaphor. I have never, ever heard that before. But it, can it's use always, it. I'm going to use it. But it's always <laughs> funny, too, how, you know, kids, I can tell, I can tell a great sermon, but the only thing they'll remember is like the story you tell at the beginning when somebody throws a taco at you. And that's what they'll remember for the next like seven years. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, they'll remember that. Yeah. But they, yeah. what, like Craig said, what they might not remember is this, the more nuanced or subtler things that are shaping them that, that might not like be on the forefront of their brain and their mind, you know, yeah. but, uh, but still the, those expressions, those ideas, those concepts mm. uh, are, are forming us. And totally. largely because the Holy Spirit's at work. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of, you kind of started to already answer this next question. And uh, I like kind of the, I don't know, concept of preaching, not just from the pulpit, but from the pulpit, I would ask, what is the main goal of the task of the preacher? Uh, you can answer this one, Craig, but <laughs> my, my, I have, uh, I have what I call like a nutshell definition of preaching or, or, or something like that. Um, well, actually, I've, I've got two ways of expressing it, I'll say. I'll, so I'll give them both. I, the one that I was using back when you were studying with me, Craig, was, was helping people hear from God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God is speaking. Yeah. That's our confidence, right? And he does it in lots of different ways. He does it through the Bible itself. He does it through his Holy Spirit. Um, he, he, God spoke in our creation, you know, like, like, like in, in putting us here and creating us in such a way that we have the capacity to recognize his voice. Mm-hmm. He, he spoke through his son, uh, Jesus, and, and incarnationally. And 
so the cool thing is, like in preaching, you're, you're, here we are as people created or hardwired with the capacity to hear the voice of God, uh, speaking about the incarnate Christ by means of the inspired word under the direction of the illuminating spirit. Like, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. And that's, that's what's happening when we preach. And so my, my mode is, I'm, well, the other expression I like to use uh, is leading in listening. So, so I think, I think preaching is an act of leadership. Uh, we're doing something like, like, it's not like when I lead somebody somewhere, it's because I've been there before and I know it's worthwhile. And so I'm, now I'm going to take you where I've already been or where I've already been led. So I've been led to hear from God and perhaps, you know, through the study I've done during the week. And, and I've had this amazing experience with God by in his word to hear his voice and now I'm going to, because I've been listening uh, to what he's saying. And so now I'm going to work to help other people hear the same thing. And so I'm going to lead you in listening to that same voice. So, um, you know, the, the, the reality from my perspective is that, that God is the preacher. He's the one who's proclaiming. He's the one who's speaking. He's the one with the wisdom. And, and we are, um, as human preachers, we are helping others uh, in that process, leading them in this process of listening to what he's saying. And the other part of that, I would just add, uh, when I talk about listening, it's not just, you know, the auditory process of, of having the words come into, by way of my ears into my brain. Uh, I'm thinking it almost, of it almost like a, a parent or a teacher would, you know, where you ask your, your child, you know, are you listening to me? You know, by, by which we mean not just, you know, I'll say that to my son when he was younger and he'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and I say, no, are you listening? Mm -hmm. By which I mean, like, like, have you bought in? Have you appropriated what I'm saying to you? Is, has this had any kind of impact? This thing that I've been saying, it has, has it changed you in some way? You know, like, that's what we long for as parents. That, that's what we're looking for from, you know, as, as God speaks that we really take hold of this and allow it to shape us yeah yeah oh that's great so then fl let's flip that around then on the listener because most of the people listening uh, aren't going to be at least on the platform preaching they, they might be as you say preaching in other contexts what's the goal or the task of the listener and uh, it, maybe you have some stories of listeners who've kind of missed the point and and uh, you've been able to ascertain that but but at least what's the what's the goal of the listener I mean, um, listening's hard work, right? Like, yeah. like if anybody's if anybody's listening to this right now, <laughs> and uh, and listening, you know, fruitfully, yeah. it's because they've chosen to engage energy in the work of hearing. Yeah, you know, and and so I never take it for granted. Uh, I always say whether to to people who I preach to or, or, or students or people like that. I, like, like God is gracious to us in, in speaking and giving us his word and spirit and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And so as a preacher, I'm, I'm dependent on God's grace in this process, but I'm also dependent upon the grace of the listeners mm -hmm. because you just can't take it for granted. You can't assume that people are going to come, you know, like locked in, ready to go tuned in. Like, like, like you have to choose to, to listen and you have to invest your energy. And I just want to, anybody out there who's listening to this, who isn't a preacher, let me just say, like, like you're part of this thing, mm -hmm. you know, like, like this is a communication, pro classic communication theory. You have, you have a sender and you have a receiver. It's like the tree that falls in the forest when nobody's there to hear it. You know it doesn't make a sound, right? <laughs> like, 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 you know that, right? Because mm. there's no, if there's no ear to hear, then there's been no recognition of sound and therefore no value. You know, so, so the tree falls in the forest and, and sound waves are emitted. But until there's something to receive that, those waves, then nothing is happen really right. in that sense. so it's it's same with with communicating or preaching or whatever god may speak and, and we may preach but uh until somebody is there to hear and to to really invest in in hearing uh 
then this this thing might not be as powerful as as we'd hoped. So uh, God is doing his part by his word, by his spirit. Uh, hopefully we're doing our part as preachers, but listeners have a part to, to play as well. And, you know, you, you're asking about people who got it wrong. I, I, I thought about that. I, I couldn't come up with like a funny story or anything like that. I did yeah. come up with some sad stories. Yeah. You know, where, yeah. where people, and I'm not going to get into those, I don't think, but where, where people really missed the point and, yeah. and were really hurt by it mm. and, and where it became really, really a problem for them. I have, I have had that. Um, and that's, that's discouraging, mm-hmm. but, uh, but it, maybe more in a positive angle. I mean, people always talk about how you intend to, to say a certain thing and somebody gets a, a, a different message from, from what you're saying. Yeah. And sometimes I'm nervous about that because sometimes they may just be making up their own view of things. Um, but, but other times I, I think it's just evidence of uh, the way God works by his spirit to, to, to take whatever I'm giving and apply it in a multitude of ways for a multitude of different listeners. Because mm. everybody's in a different place when they hear it. And, and they're responding in different ways based on the things that God has been taking them through and that right. they've been experiencing. And I think that's kind of beautiful. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear uh, kind of your perception on preachers in the world today and how you think that that perception has changed since you started preaching, uh, especially now that we're living in a time of cancel culture. So yeah, what and your perception has changed in the past years. Well, thanks for bringing that question because I meant to say something earlier, like, like Craig, you mentioned about like um, people questioning preaching more. And, and yeah. I, I, I was hearing that more 15 years ago. You know, yeah. I, I would say over the last five to seven years, we've seen kind of a resurgence in preaching. You know, mm. some of, of the most... Um, well, I mean, the lar- some of the largest churches in the Lower Mainland are, are, you know, have some pretty hardcore preaching going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? and, yeah. And we could we could name places and preachers and all of that. Uh, uh, and and I think people have appreciated that for the most part. I, I think that ebbs and flows a little bit, but um, but I think you know we're we're living in this sort of call it postmodern or whatever time uh, this this time where now you have a whole population of adults who've grown up in in the world uh in school systems and things like that where uh it it, subtly and sometimes not so subtly uh, the the whole idea of authority has been questioned Hmm. and and there's just and, and I think for some very good reasons, I actually don't have a big problem with a lot of that. Mm. I, I think there's some very good reasons to question uh, some of some of the foundations that, that we've built our society upon and all that sort of thing. So, so it's not really like, I'm not just like saying all oh, of the, the horrors of, of post-modernity. It's not like that, but, but we have had a time where it's been harder for people to find their footing. And, and I think in a time like that, uh, it's kind of natural that people would be looking for a sure word, you know, looking for something that they can sink their teeth in, looking mm-hmm. for something that they can, you know, stand on. And, mm-hmm. and so it's not that surprising that in that kind of a context, we see young adults all over the, all over the city and the, the valley, you know, responding to, um, to serious preaching. Um, you know, I, I do think at the same time, you know, there's, you know, you always have concerns about excess and all that sort of thing. I, 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 I got concerns about some preachers who are, who maybe, you know, are over invested in their own sense of authority mm. and, and have taken on some of that authority personally. And that's why I, I like to talk about our calling is, leading people to listen to God, as opposed to saying, come listen to me, because I'm really, you know, I've got this incredible thing for you to hear. Well, like, as soon as it becomes about me, I'm in real trouble. And, and we've seen a lot of that uh, over these last years and seen some really public, and really painful um, falls 
and, and people messing yeah. up and, and a lot of people getting hurt around all of that. And I think that kind of comes from an overinvestment in the person of the preacher. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I'm really super concerned about that. I'm not actually super concerned about cancel culture, whatever that is, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, because like none of these people really seem to go away. Like whenever, in some ways, I think, you know, people have got canceled in some ways. I think that actually means they've been, you know, empowered because they, mm. they, they, they seem to, their voice gets amplified. It seems, I'm not really, I think a lot of that is, is a social media phenomenon. I, I, yeah. and, uh, and and some some of those folks probably got what they got coming, you know. <laughs> you know you kind of live by the social media sword; you die by it as well. Right. And uh, I'm not really worried about that. Actually, I'm more yeah. worried about the character of, of those of us that that seek to offer ourselves to this task. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Uh, you've, you've written several books on preaching, and uh, you can plug them if you'd like. Uh, one of them is called Integrative Preaching. And so I wonder uh, if you could unpack that a little bit. I mean, that, that book was uh, the, the foundation of the course, basically, that I took with you. So the words story, word picture, and prayer are in my mind every week. Um, but uh, and maybe you've changed those terms a little bit uh, by the time you got to the book. But um, do you want to describe a little bit what you mean by integrative preaching? Yeah, I, I mean, so much of how we understand life and just how we manage even relationships and things are disintegrated, but by which means, you know, polarized, we kind of uh, stake our, our ground around a certain theme or aspect of life and, and we make it everything. And, uh, you know, in doing that, it, it's, it's like, it's like we, we're choosing a side of the coin, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I don't know if you've ever tried to look at both sides of a coin at the same time. <laughs> it's literally impossible. Mm-hmm. So, so what do we do? We choose one or the other. And, um, and we do that lots of different ways. You know, sometimes we do it theologically, you know, like we really lock into the sovereignty of God and, and that's great. But at the same time, we might uh, forget then about the responsibility of, of, God's people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, before his sovereignty, or, or like we might really dial into the humanity of Jesus. And we do that at the expense of the divinity of Jesus, the, 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 the son of man versus, versus the son of God kind of an approach. And we, so we really like the human Jesus, but not so much the uh, divine Jesus. And, and that becomes a problem. Right. And so I, I think this idea of integration is about bringing together these kinds of substances that are in such a way that they sustain their integrity. In other words, they are uncompromised. So in preaching, you know, one example of that would be head and heart, you know, or the cognitive and the affective. Mm-hmm. Like we can really focus highly on the intellectual side of things, or we can focus very much on the emotive and more affective side of things. So, you know, like maybe storytelling versus, uh, truth-telling as, as if those things were were diametrically opposed. Mm. Well, you know, I love stories. Stories are really fruitful and, and really, really helpful. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it's, you might want to give the moral to the story, so to speak, or, mm. or like a, like a, a cartoon without a caption, you might want to ca- put the caption on so we know like what it's saying. You, mm-hmm. you, yeah, you might want to put lyrics to the music so that so that there is content but there's also uh, you know flow and emotion and, and uh, you know it, it, it it's not just instructive but it's moving if, if you know what i say so yeah. i'm saying so and there are other aspects but yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so would you say you advocate more for expository preaching or more topical preaching or a mix of both well i i I don't find it constructive to uh, distinguish between the two. You know, I, I like to talk about expository preaching with a lowercase e, you know, and not a capital E, you know, as if it's a, a, a specific form and structure and set of expectations uh, that become almost legalistic sometimes for preachers. Uh, it, I, I, but I do believe in exposing people to God's word and to the person of God himself by means of his word. 
And so, uh, you know, I like expository in that sense, but, and, and anytime, I, I believe that anytime we effectively open the word of God and help people hear what, what he's saying through his word, we're going to be topical. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, um, you know, I don't care which side, of, which side of the ledger you come from, but so like I get invited a lot to speak at churches and sometimes they'll give me a biblical text to preach. And I could tell they're expecting a quote expository sermon. Mm -hmm. um, but what I'll do then is I'll take that text and I'll try and figure out what the theme is or what the mm -hmm. topic is or how this is going to be meaningful for people on the ground in real life. Mm -hmm. uh, other times they'll, they'll give me the, to me the other way. They'll give me a theme. They say, you know, for instance, they might say, you know, we're going, I don't know. We, we, we want a sermon to help people deal with anxiety mm -hmm. and worry. Great. Okay. I'm the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look for a text in scripture that, that offers me that. So I might go to Matthew chapter six, you know, and, and you know, that sort of thing. So I, I think we want to, I mean, mixed is an okay word. I, I, I like the word integrate, you know, this idea of, of bringing these things together in such a way, the text and the theme or the topic in such a way that they're both enhanced and neither is compromised. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that answer. Because uh, I, I sometimes have, and I'm sure you have two people who say, we should just be working through a book of the Bible. We don't need to talk about topics. To which I want to say, well, if we go through a book of the Bible, we're going to talk about topics like these topics yeah. will arise as we apply the yeah. scripture to life. And then the other way people will say, well, we should talk about these topics to which I say, well, we have to root that in scripture. So let's look exactly. at it through the lens of a text. That's exactly right. I, it, it, a great story like that. I, when I first started uh, my ministry up in Prince Rupert, I, I decided to begin by working through the gospel of Mark mm -hmm. and uh and that was great because I was a pretty young guy. I was probably 27 years old. And, um, and that's okay. It's old enough to preach. And, 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 all of that. <laughs> and these people were really gracious. And, and uh, you know, but I wasn't planning for what was going to come when I hit chapter 10. And, uh, you know, chapter 10 dealt with uh, divorce and remarriage. Mm -hmm. And you think me as a relatively newly married, you know, 27-year-old, I would have chosen to ever you know, <laughs> touch that topic. Yeah, yeah. Not likely, but yeah. there it was, you know, I couldn't duck it. So I went ahead and preached it and just, just help people appreciate, you know, this is what the Bible's saying here. Let's, let's just take it on those terms and, and uh, hear it from God, not so much from me. And, and people seem to really appreciate that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. The, the scripture applies to so much of life. And so, and if, and if there's something in life that, that, um, okay, I'm going to get controversial here. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah do it. <laughs> Sell this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I've often said to my students, sometimes we want to preach a particular topic and we can't find a biblical text to support what we want to say. Mm. You know, that might be a clue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, like, like, for instance, these days, there's a lot of pastors who want to say some pretty strong stuff about politics yeah. or about, I don't know, masks or vaccination or, yeah. or whatever. Okay, be careful. You know, what, is, yeah. what does the scripture give you that you can say with confidence about those things? That's right. You yeah. know? I won't, I won't play my hand here on that one, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well and that, that's, a, that's a really good point. I was saying just to someone the other day that every time I preach... I have to ask myself, is this the scripture talking or is this Craig talking? Because there's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not here to present my opinion on things. Right. Uh, I'm here to present the scripture. And you know what? Once in a while, you can offer your opinion. Just make sure they know that's what you're doing. Right. Yeah. You know, so so yeah. I'll say something like, you know what? Let me give you my opinion on this. I can't give you the Bible on this one. Yeah. I can't give you chapter and verse. And so, you know, take it for what it's worth. But my opinion on this is such and so. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and people seem to receive that all right if you frame it that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think about preaching in COVID? How, how, how has things changed? Well, it's not as much fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just something. I, I got to preach in front of a live crowd at my home church in Vancouver at, uh, 
a few weeks ago and and it was just so much better yeah. than, than preaching through the screen yeah. but you know i i'm just grateful to god that that we had the tools you know like if this had happened even five or six years ago i mean everybody's saying this but 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 five or six years ago what would we have done you know mm-hmm. how, how would we think about this you know like like we talk about well maybe preaching isn't as valuable well what honestly what would we have done mm. to keep our communities our church communities connected if we didn't have preaching and if we didn't have zoom right but, but or, or whatever tech you were using mm-hmm. I think it would have been really, really, really rough. Mm. And, um, and I think that, I mean, not just preaching, but, but those moments did kind of, at least in, in my experience, did kind of hold our church together, even though we were at, at distance and yeah. um, gave us that kind of rallying place or that rallying point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think obviously we're, we're all trying to figure out where this goes from here and uh, looking at hybrid options and, and, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're looking to the government for for help. You know, in terms of um, what the protocols need to be going forward, and, and not so much the government actually, more to the the health professionals. You know, in terms of the, mm-hmm. what we need to do and be going forward. Uh, and so I I can't predict a whole lot, but I I am just going to say this summer, as as both here in Manitoba and, and in BC, has um, those doors have started to open a little bit and we've mm-hmm. been able, I don't know what you've been doing at your church, but uh, you know, my church has been meeting in smaller numbers outdoors, you know, mm-hmm. in the church parking lot for the last several weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty encouraged by the response of people. I yeah. think so far, and it's the middle of summer too. And, uh, and people do seem to want to come back. Yeah. So I'm, I'm encouraged by that. I hope that's your experience as well. Yeah, yeah, it has been. We, we've been indoors since the beginning of July. And uh, yeah, I've also been encouraged. And, and I don't know that I realized how much I missed the live crowd until I was standing in front of one. Um, but, but I will say, and I, I, I emailed you at some point during the pandemic, just to say thank you to you, because uh, COVID actually caused me to completely change my preaching style. <laughs> and uh, uh, you, you always encouraged us that we could we could preach without notes. Uh, you can preach without notes. You you told me, and uh, I was always a manuscript guy and was a little afraid of that. But as soon as there was a camera in front of me, I knew I couldn't be looking down all the time <laughs> because I've watched people on cameras look down all the time, and it's just very distracting. And uh, there's there's been for me a new freedom in in getting rid of the manuscript and going to a more um, point form outline uh, for myself. And uh, so I. Thank you for that because I think you put the, the tools in the toolbox, and uh, that that's so that's been one change for me that's during during COVID. Yes. Well, thank you for the affirmation and good for you for uh, <laughs> challenging yourself a little bit. I, I mean, it's it's actually more work and not less to yeah. to really the the, the trick there um, trick not a trick the the skill there yeah. <laughs> is to is to really try to embody the message you're trying to communicate. So I'll just take a moment to, I probably told you this one before, Craig, but um, when um, often when you see somebody who's preaching from a manuscript, they'll be pretty locked in. And sometimes some people are really good at it and it's yeah. quite fine. And, and I'm sure you were and no big deal. And then they might move to a point in time where they're going to tell a personal story. Right. And you see them kind of step aside from the pulpit maybe and look at the crowd and start sharing this story that they don't need notes for because it's their own story. Right. And you see every head in the audience pop up and walking. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm just thinking, man, I want that for the whole thing. Right. Like, like I want that attention hundred percent of the time, you know? And so yeah. I was challenging myself, how can I, how can I get there? And I thought, well, this, the reason the story is powerful is because, well, it's a story, but also because like it's inside of me and, and I just, I, I can share it in a different way because I've embodied it. Yeah. Right? And, and so people respond to that. And I thought, well, what if the entire sermon was that well embodied? Right. Like everything I'm trying to say, like I've appropriated, I've done my own business with God and with the spirit. And, and I know this thing so that it's just kind of coming out, kind of like the way I'm talking right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I've just found that's pretty compelling. People mm-hmm. have a hard time not paying attention to that kind of presentation. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's uh, an, another uh, speaker used the phrase, um, understand your message, don't memorize it. That's um, <laughs> so I've, I think about that often, like, do I really understand this well enough to talk about it? And if I don't, I've got more work to do before I'm ready. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a goal of mine to be able to point, form, preach. I'm very similar to Craig when I, or I used to, or how Craig used to be, I use the manuscript, but it's different when I'm speaking to the church and when I'm speaking to youth with youth, I can kind of go a lot more all over the place without being peeled to notes, but anyway. well, I can tell already that, that you can speak and you're, yes. you're doing it right now. And that's not Thank a problem. <laughs> it's not going to be a problem for you. The, yeah. the question is, like to be honest, and I can say this to you without knowing you, um, sometimes it's it's more a matter of pride and fear. Totally. Just like, oh, yeah. I, I need them to think well of me. And so I'm going to craft every word and put it down on paper so I don't mess up. Yeah. So there's that yeah. whole vulnerability thing. Yeah. It's true. Cause I think I get attached to like, oh, I wrote this down and I really like the way it sounds and I want to get this point across. And then if you look up from the notes, you're like, oh, is it going to sound as good? But, yeah. uh, you know what, if, if there are some key things like that, that you really are bought into and you really think it's, it's special the way you go ahead and memorize those things, you yeah. know, like a sentence totally. or two, if you're, you know, like that works as well as also. Yeah. yeah. And let me tell you, Holly preached just this last Sunday and she did a marvelous job. So oh, uh, yeah, thank awesome. you. She did lots awesome. of comments on it. So. <laughs> oh, I'm so encouraged well right now. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. So I would love to know too, how you think, because uh, now we're living in such a time where there's so much online content available and specifically preaching content as well. So how do you think this is going to change the way that churchgoers interact with the local church? So like, like I'm not against listening to big time preachers on online or anything like that. Obviously there's, there's value there and um, you know, we can, we can really be helped and it's generally for, for the good. I mean, sometimes I wonder, <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I think, I think that can be a great thing. And uh, I mean, in the old days we had radio preachers and all that sort of thing. Like it's not new. It's not new at all. Yeah. Uh, but there's there's something special about being in person, you know, whether it be, you know, like difference between watching a hockey game at the you know at Rogers Arena versus watching it on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something there's a there's just a sort of a human dynamic there. But even deeper than that, there's something amazing about like having a relationship with the person who's bringing you the word you know, from, from the platform. And like, you, you know, you could go and talk to that person, even if you choose not to, you could, yeah. you know, like, like there's, there's something really amazing about that. that technical technology can't replicate, you know, like, like think about, I've got to be careful here, but, but think about the connection that like a stand-up comedian can make with the crowd, mm-hmm. you know, and there's nothing else on the stage. It's just, it's just a mic stand and maybe a stool and a microphone and, 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 but there's this incredible connection that can be made. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's true uh, for uh, preachers who are present to their people, but, but then you can take it even further, you know, because, because this person is not just up there telling jokes. This is a person up there who actually loves you, you know, like who, who's actually committed to you and speaking about a God who loves you even more. And is even more committed to you, mm-hmm. like like that's just hard to transmit through a screen, yeah. and uh, that's the problem we've had with COVID. Um, but um, but we got through it, or mostly, and <laughs> um, and now we can enjoy the the benefit of being present again. Yeah. So uh, lastly, here as we come out of COVID and as the church emerges from COVID, what do you hope to see? Maybe I'll phrase it this way: If you could gather the church and preach one message, what would you preach to the church coming out of COVID? Our Father who is in heaven, <laughs> holy is your name. Yeah, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like, like his kingdom, like they, we, we've gone through a hard time. There's going to be other hard times, uh, but 
God's doing his thing. He's building his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And one day we're going to see that that integration of the new heaven and the, the new earth, you know, like yeah. Revelation 21 talks about. And that's a sure thing. Like, like, like God is doing his thing. And, and we have evidence even now is coming out of this crazy, scary period of time uh, to see his church is still alive. Yeah. Um, his message has changed. His, his will is being done. Mm-hmm. And, and so let's just continue to, uh, to join in on that project and, yeah. and pray it into being and preach it into being and, and live it into being. Uh, that his kingdom would come among us on earth in our communities, just as it is in heaven, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. I, I've, as I've been praying about what, what uh, God wants to say to the church, I, I keep getting the picture of, of uh, the church needs a hug, (laughs) right? Like, that's good. Like uh, the the Lord has a plan for us together as we emerge from. Are we allowed to hug these days? Well, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> good point <laughs> a virtual no not a virtual hug yeah no you're so right yes yeah. that's really great yeah so well hey ken this has been great before we let you go give us 30 seconds on the canucks what what's going to happen this year i know you're a fan <laughs> <laughs> uh i i think they're going to be i actually think they're going to be better this year i'm not super fond of all the choices they've made from the management side over the last several years yeah but 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 it does appear that uh, they're going to improve this year, I think. And yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully there's playoffs at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> so Good. Well, Kent, I really appreciate your time and your wisdom and uh, your influence in my life and uh, for sharing uh, an hour with us here. So thanks so much. I'm very grateful it was, uh, to you and uh, uh, Craig, you make me look good. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, all the best to you, Kent. Well, thank you, Dr. Anderson, for that conversation about preaching and the role of preaching in the local church. Um, Really exciting stuff. And I found it, I'm I'm really passionate about it. So I guess that means that I would find it really fascinating. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I loved what he had to say about preaching, about coming out of COVID. Um, His thoughts on expository versus topical preaching. I but he, he said that really well. So thank you, Dr. Anderson, for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to get to our game here and wrap up with this. Uh, so what we're going to do, we're going to try this, see how it works. Uh, we're inviting our listeners to participate in this game, and it's called Connect the Thoughts. And so um, I've got actually a book that is called Connect the Thoughts, although thoughts is spelled T-H-O-T-S, which bothers me a lot because that is not how you spell thoughts. Uh, yeah. So if I can get past that, um, that'll be good. Um, But basically, there's going to be three statements that are going to be made, and they're connected by a single theme. And the challenge for the listener is to um, come up with the correct answer. What is the thing that connects these three ideas? So we're going to give you a a no-brainer here, Holly. All right. Um, No-brainer. This is going to be really embarrassing. You don't get this right. I'm fired. We will talk. <laughs> so uh, the example would be three things, love, joy, and peace. Uh, like fruits of the spirit. There you go. Yeah, exactly. That's how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I can keep my job. <laughs> the, the one that we, um, the one that we'll give our listeners will be harder than that. Um, and uh, you, t- in order to respond to this, you need to send me or Holly, no, it should be one of us. You need to spend, send me a message. Um, it can be by email or Facebook. My email address is on the website or Facebook. Uh, or an audio file. Or and then an it audio file. In the podcast. Now yeah. I'm yeah. That's even better. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And uh, the first one to get me the right answer will win that $10 gift card. And you can even tell me where you'd like it to be uh, too. Okay. okay. Uh, so. Here we go. Three statements that are connected by a single thought from the Bible. The first one is Samson's wife. Number two, King Abimelech. And number three, Goliath. Okay, it's it's harder, right? I had had a lot about this. So Samson's wife, King Abimelech, 
and Goliath. Those are the three things. Connect the thoughts. And uh, first person to get me the right answer will win the prize. Craig, do you know the answer? Well, I've got the answers in the book. <laughs> but so. if you didn't have the book in front of you, would you know the answer? I think I actually looked this one up before the answer came to me. So no, yeah. it's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really trying to rack my brain. I really don't think I know it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I tried to, I didn't know if we should do a softball the first time, but I decided, no, let's just oh, this let's is good. throw the fastball right away. Yeah. yeah. So I'll give you, there's chapters in this book that go from 100 points to 1,000 points. And they get harder as they go along. This is an 800 point question. Oh, yeah. What was the level of the fruits of the spirit one? <laughs> that was a 100 level question. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh... So there you go. Uh, Samson's wife, King Abimelech, Goliath. And uh, hit me with the answer and we'll, we'll get that to you. So oh, nice. with that, we'll wrap up for now. Episode 43 in the books but uh, we'll be back uh, in a couple of weeks with some fresh content and uh, until then thanks for listening and take care ross road connect podcast is produced by ross road community church in abbotsford bc for more information about our church community and links to more podcasts and sermons visit rossroadcc.ca